Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Thrive in District 5. I'm your county supervisor, Ixtian Gutierrez, with another podcast session here today. But today, we actually have some very special guests. We have two, and I call them the, our dynamic duo, and that's Dr. Cheryl Marie Hansberger, who's the Chief Executive Officer of Family Service Association. And we also have the Chief Operating Officer, Shannon Gonzalez, as well. Well, welcome, ladies. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Supervisor. That's wonderful. Awesome. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, FSA has been such a great, great partner, uh, not only to our district, but also to our county as well. So um, shall we get right into it? Sure. Awesome. All right. So, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with FSA uh, for many years. Um, just can you just tell us a little bit about uh, your nonprofit and, and what you actually uh, do? Absolutely, Supervisor. Thank you. Um, FSA is a 70 year old nonprofit that operates in the Inland Empire. Our wow. mission is to address poverty, health, and hunger in our region. And how that translates into services is we offer um, early education services, we offer mental health services, we feed seniors, we own senior housing, we support people who are homebound. Mm -hmm. And in addition, we operate community centers and senior centers. And we coordinate the efforts for child abuse prevention in the Riverside County specifically. Um, we have about 300 team members wow. who operate um, at about 40 sites. Mm -hmm. And last year we served about 20,000 unduplicated individuals. That's amazing, yeah. 20,000 individuals. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, uh, Cheryl, a little bit about the, the, the folks that you serve? Um, you know, and, and who those types of folks are. Absolutely. I like to say we primarily serve people that are doing everything mm -hmm. right, but are really struggling to get by with the high cost of living in our region. And so um, our early educators uh, services, the children's parents have to either be working, seeking work, or going to school. Mm -hmm. And our seniors are primarily working, uh, or living on fixed incomes rather, but they have to um, keep up with the cost of inflation, right? So s food, for example, is super expensive mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, and then we also serve um, children and families who are maybe struggling a little bit um, with some trauma in their life and we come in and we provide support for the children and the parents as well. Oh wow, thank you Cheryl. So Shannon and Cheryl, I mean it sounds like this association doesn't just focus on you know daycare or childcare. I mean it's a variety of services. Is that correct Shannon? Yeah that's absolutely correct. We take a lot of pride in the fact that we're able to serve the whole family um, wow. and all of the diverse um, It's like wraparound needs. services, right? We really try to address all of the unique needs of our the families that we serve um, and you know the populations that we serve are certainly diverse from infants to our very um, frail older seniors and mm -hmm. so the fact that we're able to really kind of wrap ourselves like you said around them mm -hmm. and really try to meet their needs is something we're just really proud of and you know speaking to seniors um, Shannon you mentioned uh, seniors so um, you know I've been had the opportunity to actually travel around to different cities and go to different um, senior centers and when I was going into the senior centers I noticed that they were cooking meals mm -hmm warm meals and I would see uh, the logo that said FSA so can you tell us a little bit about those meals and what you know how does someone actually access that and what does it entail uh, maybe Cheryl I don't know or, or Shannon whoever would like to take the first dive on that 
Sure, I would love to speak about our senior nutrition program. So um, we do operate our senior nutrition program in both Riverside and San Bernardino counties. Oh, wow. Through okay. 25 um, senior centers. We do two types of programming under this program. Um, we do what we call congregate meals, where we serve hot meals okay. at senior centers, like you described. Okay. That's probably um, what I saw when I went in during lunchtime. I was like, saw. oh, wow, this looks yummy. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's really, you know, for seniors to come out, socialize. Sometimes they stay engaged, whether there's programming before nice. or afterwards. Um, and then we also serve what we call um, homebound meals for mm. folks that are unable to prepare meals on their own or don't have any loved ones or family living with them to help them access meals. Um, so we do try to feed their nutritious um, needs mm -hmm. as well. All of the meals are meet the daily requirement. They're 33 and a third percent of their nutritional daily requirement. Oh, wow. But what's even more special about this program is um, we do call this more than a meal and we really mm -hmm. believe that to in order for our seniors to be to able to live longer and to avoid isolation, we really have to take care of them and we provide case management. So we have folks that go in and check in, check on them in their homes mm -hmm. um, to make sure that they are still thriving, that their needs are being met. Wow, I didn't know that, yes. that you guys do that. Yeah, That's amazing. absolutely. And it's a good check-in. Like I said, you know, a lot of our folks are isolated mm -hmm. and don't have loved ones near them. And so sometimes our, our case managers that provide those services are really the only contact they have, um, um, which is really special, but it's important work and it's great that we are able to check in on the seniors and make sure that their needs are being met. No, certainly. absolutely. No, that's yeah. amazing. And can you tell us a little bit about, um, Cheryl, maybe if you want to chime in as well, um, how do they access the service? So do they just call like a 1-800-FSA number? Do they call the county? Do they call the 211? I mean, if let's say my my mother, you know, or uh, our family member wanted to access these types of services, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, it's a little bit different in each county. In Riverside County, I believe that the referrals come from the County Office of, of Aging. Okay. So they would start there. Yes, they okay. would contact the Riverside aging. County Office on Aging um, and explain their situation where they live, and they will direct refer to their um, for their to their contractors. Wonderful, wonderful. And then the 25, you said 25? Was I correct mm -hmm. on that? Mm -hmm. yeah. 25 senior centers. Yes. Does that go all the way out to like Eastern um, Riverside County, County, like for example, the desert area too? Or is this only something for the Western region? No, it goes all the way to Cabazon in our particular case, but there are other service providers that provide out into the Lake Coachella Valley. Oh, wonderful. But in our case, our furthest location in Riverside County would be Cabazon. Which happens to be? District, district 5, right? right? That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. We serve so, several locations mm -hmm. within your district from Calamesa, Cabazon, Hemet, San Jacinto. Oh, wonderful. Banning, Beaumont, Marina Valley. Yes. So we're doing a lot of good yes. work with seniors. Now, Marina Valley, I'm very, very familiar. You know, I was mayor there for seven years, and you guys did such an amazing job in really helping our seniors. And so we're just so thrilled that you're continuing that work. That is so, so important. Um, so, Cheryl, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you uh, are one of the... You're the new CEO, right? You've been in this role for about a couple years? Two years. Okay, can you kind of share a little bit uh, with the public a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, I'd be glad to. I was born and raised in Riverside awesome. um, to two working class parents. So locally grown. Locally okay. grown. Awesome. Um, my dad worked for Union Carbide and my mom was a 7-Eleven manager. Oh, okay. And so um, we 
when I was about 15, my dad was in a hydrogen explosion at work, and so he was unable to return to work, wow. and shortly after, my parents' marriage dissolved. And so one of the things that's really impactful to me is how our community came alongside of our own family during those times. Mm -hmm. And so I really understood um, how that was impactful important for my well-being and to help me kind of get through the last of high school. Mm -hmm. um, I am the product of Head Start, so low-income early education as awesome. well. Good and so that's, you, by the way. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. I wonder if mm -hmm. we went to the same center. <laughs> um, so I understand the importance of our early ed services. Mm -hmm. um, one thing about that I will tell you is really impactful to me about what FSA does is the the aspect of senior housing to me and affordable housing mm -hmm. for our communities. When I was with my dad alone and we had no income mm -hmm. because my parents owned a home and it was very obtainable back then, mm -hmm. um, we were able to have people step in and really provide for us during those times, including pay our mortgage, which is a big lift. Wow, that's amazing. And it's not lost on me that the services that we provide today are much of what our community did for me back in those days. That's awesome. And that's probably what got you to say, you know what, I want to be part of an organization like FSA, yeah. right, that is really helping with housing, with seniors, with, with children, with early Head Start, right? Yeah, and I think that my story is not unlike our team's story. Many of us in our team were supported deeply in our community growing up. We grew up in aspects of our life in poverty, mm -hmm. and so we're very honored to be able to serve as a similar pillar to other individuals in our communities. And speaking of poverty, we do have poverty here in Riverside County, and especially in the 5th District, and especially with our foster youth, and especially with uh, students mm -hmm. that uh, unfortunately are going through child abuse. So can you talk a little bit about um, the child abuse prevention efforts that FSA actually uh, has because um, my understanding is, is that I believe the county contracts with FSA for child abuse prevention. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So we per, um, we operate the Child Abuse Prevention Council, like you said, for the County of Riverside, and we take a collaborative approach to the prevention of child abuse. And as you can understand, that's a heavy lift. Um, that we're trying to accomplish within the county. And so we partner with stakeholders, such as folks from law enforcement, the medical field, faith-based communities, really essentially anyone that has a stake in child welfare. And mm -hmm. we take, it, like I said, a collaborative approach to really trying to strategize efforts, outreach, education, and really try to prevent um, child abuse and neglect in our county. That's amazing. Is that also where you do the toy drive, the annual toy drive as well? Absolutely. Several years ago, um, we it was brought forward that there was a, a need for foster youth to really mm -hmm. normalize the holidays for folks and for them to feel special and that they're important during this um, time of year. And so we decided to, to take it on and to, to host a toy drive to really help support um, these foster youth. And each year it grows and grows and the needs continue. And last year we provided support to about 1,200 foster youth within Riverside County. 1,200, wow, that's yes, amazing. absolutely. That's amazing. And we're opening up the new Harmony Haven as well mm -hmm. uh, in the county, which is a facility that will help our foster youth as well. So mm -hmm. we're really looking forward to partnering with FSA too. Um, you know, so speaking of our foster youth and some of the child abuse prevention efforts as well, and also the early childhood programs that you have, um, Cheryl, can you tell us a little bit about the vision that you have for FSA and where it can go from now? Well, I think 
as long as there's needs in our community, we hope to expand every one of our programs, okay. right, to meet those needs. But there's two areas in particular that we're seeing growing needs. Number one is mental health. Yes. Um, the Surgeon General just declared loneliness and isolation mm -hmm. a public health crisis. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of mental health needs. And if you talk to anybody who works with children um, or older adults, they'll tell you that that's a growing need in our region. Absolutely. Um, and so FSA hopes to expand our services in mental health. We currently offer um, primarily services to very young children, and that's often driven by our contracts, right? They tell mm -hmm. us who we have to serve, but we really would like to expand out to teenagers and seniors. Mm -hmm. In addition, housing. We own a senior housing complex in the city of Harupa Valley. Ah, um, it's affordable know. housing. Our residents' average rent is about $950 a month, and we know that there's a need for that. In my own family, when we couldn't afford our um, mortgage, people stepped in and helped us. Mm -hmm. and. I believe strongly that a stable, safe, and obtainable home is the core of a strong family, and Absolutely. so we want Housing to be able first, to. Yeah. yeah, we want to be able to expand for children and families. We want to expand for seniors and also working-class individuals. Absolutely, no, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, so, Cheryl, how how can we get more involved as a county, as or even the public, um, in knowing more about FSA and and just being a supporter, right? A supporter in general and cheering you on. Well, we appreciate that. Um, obviously, we are always taking volunteers, people to come in and help us either serve food or read to children, or we even have administrative positions in our volunteer space. Okay. In addition, we're collecting toys, unwrapped toys, every holiday season. So next year, that would be an option for people to participate. And then um, the other thing we always need is unrestricted donations. Um, mm -hmm. We have very generous government contracts, and we appreciate those, but government can't solve every problem, mm -hmm. and sometimes government money isn't as flexible as we need mm -hmm. and so um, we're always seeking uh, donors who can help us fill some of those spaces absolutely so you uh, receive funding through county through state as well and, and just different government. foundations and federal government yeah. as well right yeah that's awesome that's awesome and we, we continue to look forward to being a supporter as well uh, from our office as well well thank you so much uh, dr. Uh, Marie Hansberger uh, for for attending this podcast is there anything that you wanted to add um, in closing? Just we want to thank you for your ongoing support, Supervisor. We know how hard you and your staff work. It's a thankless job. You've been a long-term supporter since we were in the city of Marina Valley together. Mm -hmm. And so we're just grateful for the tireless efforts you guys put in and the impact you have on our region as well. Thank you so much. And again, it's such a pleasure to have uh, both these ladies uh, here with us uh, today at the Thrive in District 5 podcast. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Cheryl Marie Hansberger, and we also have our Chief Operating Officer, Shannon Gonzalez, and I'm County Supervisor Ixtine Gutierrez. And again, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to this podcast as we thrive in District 5.